region. You'll be there on every line of love and glory. Jesus! 
the name of the Lord today, for he is alive and well and on the throne. We thank you, Father. We praise you and bless you this morning. Thank you for your wonderful, glorious, powerful spirit that was moving on the face of the waters. And you spoke and said, life be and life was. Hallelujah. And then four days later, you created the, the sun, the moon, the stars. We're so grateful to you. And it was all good because you're a good God. We thank you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'll tell you what. Greet two or three people before you sit down and say, thank God the healer's here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Healer's in the house today. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, it's a good thing. Now, open your Bibles to 3rd John. Now, the reason that the Lord has directed me to touch on these things is a couple of things. It has to do with what you do all the time, what you think all the time. Jerry was talking about being a sower. And uh, there are times that I, I was just thinking about one, one hotel we were in one morning, well past, and this, this young woman had her cart out there, you know, she's clean. And I walked past her and the Lord said, give her $200. Well, thank God you have to let her know. And so, uh, when I'm preaching so forth, and I don't carry it with me, but David does. He, so, and, and so I said, I turned around and went back over there. And I said, now, the Lord spoke to me when I walked past you and said for me to give you $200. She said, oh, the Savior knew. The Savior knew. That's a lifestyle. And we've walked in this thing, and Jerry and Jesse, I mean, we've, we've, we've been, you know, run around together a lot. And just things happen all the time. But you, you need to be listening all the time. Now, today is my receiving day. Today is one day closer to the resurrection. Amen. It's one day closer to my birthday. And one day closer to Christmas. <laughs> Amen. And my next birthday is a milestone for me because Brother Hagen departed this planet at 86, and I will be 86 years old next year. And I'm not thinking about leaving. I don't, I don't have time to die. I've got too much to do. Praise God. Well, but now, now you have to realize this about Brother Hagen. He was born so premature that. The, when they had to induce labor to save his mother's life. And so they, when, they, when the, the doctor, uh, when he was born, of course, this is in McKinney, Texas, in 1917. And so 
uh, anyway, they didn't think he would live at all. And Mark 11, 23 and 24, he was on the, uh, he was paralyzed from the waist down 17 months. Now get this, the doctor told him, we would have to change your heart, your lungs, and all your plumbing. All of it. You were born so premature. You have to die. And he was going the same route they said he was. Then he just stayed with Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, 25. Finally, one morning, the word of the Lord came to his heart. He said, well, you believe you're well now. Yes, I do. Well, well, men ought to be up this time of day. And so he kicked his, he said, he said his, his legs were like clubs. And he just kicked his feet out and he said they just hit the floor and he hung around the bed post. And he said, I want to declare to Almighty God, I want to declare to all the angels in this room and all the devils of hell, I am healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. And he said feelings started coming back into his leg. And he said it, it hurt so bad it hurt good when those nerves started coming alive. And he stood up. He only weighed 89 pounds. And he stood up completely healed. And he began preaching that day. Well, he started preaching when he's 17 years old. I'm way, I'm way behind him, you understand? <laughs> By the time he went on to the 86, dear Lord, I've got to take me a long time to catch up all the years that he did. Amen. So, he had to stay focused that whole time. Some of the doctors said, son, don't you read anything? Don't you read, uh, you know, Western novels? He said, no, I don't have time. He said, he said my, my life is in this book. Amen. So my point is, that's what he's talking about all the time. Now, I've read other books down this line. What you think about all the time you will eventually become. I'm talking about, you know, when you just sit down to do something and that comes to your mind. And the things you do every morning. Makes a lot of difference. So, let's turn in our Bibles, I talked about it last night, to third. John 2. Now notice how the word this word wish is uh, number two. The Greek word here is pray. Beloved, I pray above all things. Above all things. Now listen. I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your mind, your will, and your emotions prosper. Do you have a prosperous mind? You can have a prosperous mind and prosper in uh, uh, the soulish whole of your mind, will, and emotions and not have much. 
but it'll get you there. Um, I wonder when you open your cabinet, 75 or 80 used margarine bowls fall out <laughs> that you will never use. Huh? And you go stay in a hotel like some of you are here now. And, I mean, you paid for that room. So those little soap bars are yours. Did you really enjoy using that while you were in that old job? I mean, it squirted out of your hand. But never mind, you have a shoebox full of them that you will never use. And they're not worth giving anybody. Do you have a whole drawer of twisties that came off of the, the bread loaf? Uh, and your toothpaste, do you suck the last... <laughs> and you and your spouse fuss about one of you pinches the tube at the bottom and the other one in the middle. Get two tubes. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm telling you, Bill. I'm telling you. And you got stuff you will never, ever, 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 ever use. And you got sweaters that just hang around. Every so often, I call my closet. I start pulling things out. I haven't used this in a while. Somebody else can use it. I have a prosperous soul. My job on this earth is to prosper people. So is yours. I walked into a men's room, and this guy was pulling the towels out of the... He, he could have washed his hand 15 times. Just pull them out. Somebody has to pay for those towels. You don't need that. We prosper people. Somebody has to come in there and clean up. So you use what it takes to dry your hands, and then what you have left, wipe the water off the basin. Use as few towels as it takes, and clean up after yourself. And in learning all of this over the years, put my socks in the dirty clothes, don't put them in there wrong side out. Somebody has to do that. Now, when we stay in a hotel room, I don't walk off and leave all the towels and stuff in the floor. That's one room. How many she's going to have to clean, I don't know. There's no reason for her to have to bend over every time she walks in my room. Put them up on the top of the counter where she has to work as little as possible. Amen. Yes. That it's just prospering people. And just leave a, a trail of prosperity behind you. That is having a prosperous soul. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, if you would.
Thank you, Lord. Look at uh, verse 5. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. With fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service or men as men pleases, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Now, isn't that, isn't that what we're talking about here? With good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man does, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he's bond or free. Now, when you have a prosperous mind and you begin to prosper other people, and, and you, you walk up, we, we just came in last night after service and walked up there, and there's a young man there at the, you know, at the car valet thing. And I just walked up to him, and I said, hey, brother. He looked at me like, what do you want? He really did. He, he, you know, I mean, he's a man of color. Be calling him brother. He's, uh, you know, and if I noticed he wasn't smiling all that much, I caught him by the hand. I said, I just want to know if the Lord doing you good. Oh, yeah, he said, he's doing me good, man. And I got a smile out of him. But boy, he was working hard. He was working that summer night out there and driving those cars around and all, you know, people and nobody paying attention to him. But yeah, he's doing me good. Just take prosperity everywhere you go. It'll keep you well. It'll keep you with a merry heart. And that does good like a medicine. Amen. And then people will begin to prosper you. That's just the way it is. It works. Jesus said it this way. Do unto others what you would have them do unto you. That's a spiritual law. And it works. You mumbly grumbly to other people, they mumbly grumbly to you. Well, I don't feel good. That may be the reason why you don't feel all that. So it causes you to perk up and put a spring in your step because you're bringing prosperity everywhere you go. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm thinking about a time that what we call the glory riders and uh, Jerry and Carolyn and uh, Dennis and Vicki Burke, Jesse and uh, uh, Kathy on our motorcycles, Gloria and me, and uh, Happy and Jeannie Caldwell. We were in Branson, Missouri, and we went into a, a, a video store there, and we were looking for just funny stuff to, you know, or, or what it did. And uh, we just walked in there. And this little boy about that tall. Are you the ones on TV? Yes. He walked up right in front of me. And Jerry was right there. And he said, would you pray for my, for my mother? She has cancer. Well, we said, well, yeah, we'll pray. Let's catch it. No, he said, she's in the car. Would you come? And we did. We just all went out there and ganged around his mother. Now, when you what happens is when you live that kind of lifestyle, there's an error 
about you. We went out, we, we were up riding from uh, Estes Park, Colorado. We went into a restaurant and uh, all of us, they so they had to put, you know, a larger table together. And the waitress came over there and, and she didn't like that, jamming those tables all up and all that. And so she came out there and, and uh, what do y'all want to drink? And she went and told her nice tea and everything. And then she brought, could we have some water? So she went back and got some and, 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 and I said, hey, we're going to have to pray for her. Instead of, boy, she's not getting any tip out of me today. People don't just act that way for no reason. We need to pray for her. <laughs> and she started back over there. So I just pulled a chair up out here. I said, sit down here, baby. And so all of us gathered around and we just began to pray, oh, Lord, whatever's wrong here, whatever's hurting her heart, cry! Oh, my sister did, but she don't know what she did to me. We laid hands on her, prayed for her, made sure that she knew Jesus. She completely, totally changed. What else can I get for you? She said, my sister just left me holding the bag over a wedding, and I just, just she, you, know, you just don't know how she talked to me and how she treated me. I said, well, hey, wait a minute, it's over. Forgive her. It's just momentary. Okay. <laughs> oh, she brought the food out. Oh, she's so happy, and she followed us. Oh, and we were in our leathers now, you know, all of it. She followed us all the way out the door. Y'all have a good ride. Now that healed us. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. Prospering people all the time. And you don't go in there and leave a gospel track and a dollar tip. There better be some cold, hard cash with that track. Enough to make them go, oh, oh, yes. Oh, really? This is for me? Amen. And uh, we've seen it. And the, the Applebee's there in Fort Worth that Gloria likes to go to all that. We, we have an Applebee's ministry. Jerry, Jerry does too. Jesse does too. I mean, we bought cars and the people just wound up without any cars. And, and, <laughs> and we, one young man, that's where he wasn't feeling all that good. And he just, just seemed like it was bad. And, and uh, so, and I got, gave him Gloria's book on God's will for you. And I said, now read this. And, and he said, and I make sure he's born again. Oh, yeah, he said, brother, I, he said, I love the Lord and God with all my heart. And so we prayed for him. He wasn't feeling all that good. And I laid hands on him. And, and uh, he just 
suddenly died with cancer and left a little daughter over whom he had custody. We had established a relationship with that family. And our ministry paid for the funeral, paid off his truck, so that grandmother raising that girl would not have any more expenses. And she wept, and she wept, and she wept, and she wept. Prospering people. And any good thing you do, the Lord will do the same <laughs> for you. Amen? All right. Glory to God forevermore. Uh, let's turn now to the 27th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 27. Let me come down there. The, actually, the sh shadow up here is makes it a little bit difficult to read. The way it shadows over on my Bible. Get out of your way and step on your toes. In this 27th chapter, now, remember this. There's a lot of people here. <coughs> Not a few. Something in the area of a million and a half to two million people. Now, when they're shouting, they can make a lot of noise. They have been trapped. They're, they're, they're just out of Egypt. They know about the Ten Commandments. Now Moses has taught that. He got that from God, personally. They know that. That's the law. So, The Almighty God, their covenant partner, needed to get over to them that it's his desire to bless them. But there's problems if they break that law. So now you come over here to the 27th chapter. Look in the ninth verse. Moses and the priests, the Levites, spoke unto Israel, saying, Take heed and hearken. Now, Gloria said, Hear Ken. <laughs> so I'm listening. <laughs> hearken, O Israel, this day thou art become the people of the Lord thy God. You listen up. This day, this is it. You're going to find out about your covenant with Abraham. Today, you're going to learn this. Thou shalt therefore obey the voice of the Lord thy God 
and do his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. And Moses charged the people the same day, saying, These shall stand upon Mount Gerizim to bless the people when you are come over Jordan. Simeon, Levi, Judah, you notice Judah, the blessing, Jesus of the tribe of Judah. Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin, the apostle Paul, is a Benjamite. And these shall stand upon Mount Ebal to curse Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. So he, half of the tribe is split down the middle, six on one side and six on the other. Now, I want you to see pictures of those two mountains. Would you put that up there, please? Now, I want you to notice that Shechem in the middle there. Mount Ebal. Look how bald it is. Mount Gerizim, the blessing. Trees and so forth grow over there. Now, Mount Ebal is alkali. You can't grow anything on Mount Ebal. But Gerizim is a blessing. Things flourish over there. It, 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 it's, a, it's a good place to be. So this was show and tell. Get this in your mind. See this. So, and the Levites shall speak and say unto all the men of Israel with a loud voice, <clears throat> Cursed be the man that maketh any graven or molten image, abomination unto the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and so forth. And all the people answer, Amen. Can you imagine a couple of million people shouting, Amen, so be it? Or another, that's the way it is. Now then, <clears throat> excuse me, let's go to the 28th chapter. Now people preaching over the years have preached on this curse and blamed God with it. Church, listen to me. Don't start anywhere without reading the whole neighborhood. First Peter 2, 24. There's 23 verses before that. And they are very, very important. James chapter 5. Call on the elders of the church. There's four chapters before that, and it starts out on faith in the very first two verses. This is a this is a problem. Now, I didn't mean you have to just read that every time you go up, but read it enough to where you know you know what the requirements are. Because God's already done his part, now we need to do ours. Now, you come over here at this 28th chapter, and now you see what is the actually the synopsis of this. It shall come to pass 
Now they've, they've been going through all this. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, all of these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if you will hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now, after that, he begins to name the sicknesses and the diseases. There are a lot of things there. They've been in Egypt so long. They, they, they've been forced to eat things they would never eat just to stay alive. And so he's having to teach them to keep them for, so they live a long time. And, and, he, and here's all of the blessings. Oh, blessed when you come in, blessed. Now, I want you to look in this fourth. Blessed, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind. K-I-N-E, not K-I-N-D. That is big. Now, this is agricultural people. That meant their oxen. That meant their, their implements, whatever they need to do the job. What does your church need? What land, what land does your church need? That's your kind. He'll bless you with your kind. And you've heard me tell this. That night, I was flying in uh, to the local airport there in Fort Worth, and I heard those words coming to you from the revival capital of the world. Well, at that moment, I, didn't, I had no idea what he was coming to. <clears throat> and then, <clears throat> come to find out, it was, uh, during World War II, a naval air station operated by the Marine Corps. And there's 50, over 1,500 acres in it. And what they did they in, during that time, they, the government would condemn the land under the War Act. You could not sell it, but they would give you top dollar. And there are some great oak trees on the right where we, we eventually, in 2000, we eventually... Uh, build our home out there. And there's some oak trees out there. I talked to the man that this was his dad's farm and he was raised on that farm. <clears throat> and I've noticed these trees are all in a row. And uh, he said, Copeland, my dad planted those trees. He said he planted those pecan trees up there. God knew that one day there would be a Kenneth Copeland Bible school, Bible college, out in the middle of the countryside. And they would need land. 
They will eventually need a ballpark. They will need student housing. And their parents are going to want to move out there close to their family. And now, there's a company just decided that they're going to build 10,000 homes with a th within a three-minute drive of EMIC. Wow. <laughs> hey, that was my kind. I got blessed with the, the ministry needed that. I didn't know it. But he set that up years ago in the early 70s to have all this time to develop it and build it up and develop it and build it up, blessed with our kind and the flocks of your sheep. So now look at the eighth verse. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your storehouses. And you're not storehouses, not storehouse. Oh, you're prospering. You got storehouses. And all that you set your hand unto, he will bless you in the land which the, uh, the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people. Now, here's, here's the problem. This is why the Jewish people are so persecuted. This blessing is operating on them. It's big time. The Lord shall establish you a holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee, if you will keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways, and all of the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will be afraid of you, and they will persecute you with everything they have. Because they're afraid. Isn't that what bothered Pharaoh? There's too many of them. And everything they do works because of Joseph. But he forgot about Joseph. And so he said, there's too many of them. Kill all the little boys. But Moses was floating in a little boat. <laughs> in the Nile River. That special child. And Pharaoh's daughter said, he is a special child. Little did she know. Can you see? The blessing was on that family. And as you go, now, now let's, let's go over here. And, um, on the cursed side of this. Now, verse 15. Here we are again. It shall come to pass, if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all of his commandments all, and his statutes, which I command thee this day, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. So he didn't have to actively do it. They're just there. Adam saw to that. They're just there because the devil's here. Now, he's lost his authority that he received from Adam. 
He's the God of this world still. But <laughs> he has a problem. The Jews on one side of the world and the Christians all over the world. And there's a number of us know our authority and can put him to flight and take authority over him and cut him off at the knees everywhere he starts to bring that curse on us. No, you don't. You don't put that curse on me. When uh, the, the kids were small, and we were living in a little, little small uh, house there in the south end of Fort Worth. And um, it, was, it was a funny thing. We had just seen that we were not to borrow money. And we didn't have any place to live. We came back from Tulsa. I wanted to stay up there from now on, but the Lord said, no, 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 you ain't coming over. Going back to Fort Worth, uh, Lord, I said, you know what happened to you in your hometown? Out of Fort No, he said, I'll take care of something. <laughs> anyway, and this this little little area out there south town, and this whole project out there, really really nice little houses, and well built. And my dad found that place, and so he talked to this man, and told him that you know that Gloria and I were in the ministry, and that uh, and we moving back to Fort Worth, and he said, now listen, you tell that young preacher he, and that I'll build him whatever style he wants, and he said, I carry my own paper, he can set his own papers. So my dad came back with this wonderful deal, and I said, Dad, I can't do it. Why not? I said, I promised God we wouldn't borrow money. He didn't like that. He said, well, he, he said, said the same thing this Jewett said to me over the land. He said, you got anything against rent? I said, no, sir. He said, I'm going to buy the house. He said, I can buy it and make money on it and you can pay me rent. I said, that's fair enough. So we're living in that little house. And it was, it was nice. And so the kids had their own room. We had ours and everything was nice. So the flu's going around. <laughs> So I said, come on, kids. We're going to take our flu shot. John's eyes got big. So we had that that big old large, and people call them Ottomans, is a footstool. And so we gathered around that thing. And I opened up right here. to Deuteronomy 28:22, The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption. What would that be? TB. COVID in the lungs. Isn't it amazing that only one man broke protocol and autopsied someone that had it? And he was not in this country. The doctor that treated President Trump is in New York. 
Mm-hmm. Being in New York, he was Donald Trump's doctor. He's a Jew. And really good at what he does. He said, and he was communicating with rabbinical authority in Israel. And he said, don't take my word for this. He said, it's the science. He said, this is a synthetic virus. And it's aimed at the lungs. It was built as a weapon. Now, I didn't say this. That doctor did. And the doctor that autopsied a man said that his lungs were crystallized. He did not have pneumonia. He had damaged lungs. Now, so I read this. And with a fever and extreme burning and blasting and and, and mildew or mold in your house and pursue you till you perish. Now I said, now you, you, you see that? You see that, Kelly? You see that, John? Uh-huh. But now listen to this. This is what we have. The law is not a faith, but the man that does them shall live in it. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the, the promise of the Spirit through faith. And you read this little book of Galatians, I mean, it's just faith, 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 faith. Faith of Abraham, faith of Abraham, faith of Abraham, faith of the gospel, faith, faith, faith. We're redeemed from it. I said we're redeemed from it. Hallelujah. But we needed to know what was going on here and not not try to excuse God for this. It was a demonstration for a people that needed to see and understand. Half of them stood on a mountain that wouldn't grow anything, and that was the curse mountain. And the other mountain that where the others were was a mountain that would flourish, and it was there. They could see it. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, look at this. So let's, let's stay over here. He demonstrated that his aim and his whole idea was to bless. Now let's talk about the Ten Commandments. When's the last time you read those? (laughs) And you need to read that neighborhood. He made it very clear You do this, and I will bless you. He wasn't setting out a bunch of rules to hurt them and made it get it hard on their lives. So what he's saying, don't have other gods. 
I'll take care of you. Don't be coveting another man's wife. I'll get you a better looking one than she is. <laughs> don't mess with her. Don't be doing that. It'll get you into trouble. <laughs> and don't be lying about things. You tell the truth and I'll protect you. See, the whole thing, the whole idea was blessing. Now, they took all of those blessings, and then they created over 600 more. And it was a yoke around everybody's neck. Amen. And there's a new book out. Take my name. That third commandment did not say, don't use my name in vain. It said, don't take it. Well, of course, it includes all the ugly stuff. But Melvin takes this entire thing and wrote a whole book on it. And it is amazing. Don't take, don't carry my name in vain. Don't carry it in vain. Use it. <laughs> that's a whole different that's a whole different story, isn't it? Don't 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 carry it in vain. Use it. And that's what that's what he's talking about. Use this name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you'll hear more about that because we're going to have that book. And I'm going to do uh, some uh, on the Victor Channel with him. And you'll be glad I did. Always wanted to be a lawyer. So he became a lawyer. Didn't want to preach. But now he's a preacher at Pastor's Church in Sacramento. And uh, if you remember the O.J. Simpson case, he assisted with Johnny Cochran. He, he went to Wright Seminary, Bishop Wright. Does that name ring a bell? Wilbur and Orville. And we had Kenneth Copeland scholars. They graduated from that seminary, and he's one of them. And uh, when... When the, the, the boys were in England and had a, they uh, sent a telegram to their dad. We had an audience with the queen. He said, wonderful, but don't drink their wine. <laughs> and and now, you know, now you know the story about aviation. And he encouraged them. He kept telling them, you boys can do this. God is in it. Don't give up. You just keep God is in this thing, and you're going to do it. You're, the, you're going to be the ones that do it. And they did. And we own several of them today. <laughs> because of them. And their Methodist bishop father. Bishop Wright. Isn't that amazing? Now, what does that have to do with healing? Everything. Everything. Just like what he told his sons. That's all right for you to see the Queen of England, but don't drink her booze. <laughs> I don't care where you are. 
Well, didn't the didn't the Apostle Paul tell Timothy to take a little wine for his stomach's sake? Yeah, a little. But you let the devil in the back seat, he's gonna want to drive. And if you're already arguing for the right to drink a little, you already out of line. It all if you had to argue about it one time, it already has a hand on you, and you better get out of there right now. I mean it. I mean exactly what I'm saying. Amen. The physical body does not need a bunch of alcohol in it. So, I said it. Now, man, every word of it. Glory to God. Now, turn with me to Joshua chapter 8. The sixth book in the Bible. Now, all of this, those two mountains, this was a setup. It represents the blessing and the curse. But now in Joshua chapter 8, well, in this, uh, yeah, in this eighth verse, Look, look, chapter, excuse me, verse 11. And all the people, even the people of war that were with him, went up and drew nigh and came to the city and pitched on the side of Ai. Now there was a valley between them and Ai. All right, let's go over to the 29th verse, starting with the 25th. And so it was. That all that fell that day, both of men and women, were 12,000, even all the men of Ai. <clears throat> now, verse 27. Only the cattle and the spoil of the city Israel took for a prey unto themselves, according to the word of the Lord, which commanded Joshua. Joshua burnt Ai, made it a heap forever, even a desolation unto this day. Now listen. And the king of Ai, remember it said it's a valley there? So there's two mountains on each side. The king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until evening time. That's the type of Jesus. Being made a curse for us. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his carcass down from the tree and cast it into the gate of the city, raised 13 and a heap of stones remaineth until this day. Now he had it. Now what was it Paul Harvey used to say? And that is the rest of the story. Amen. The type was done there. The setup. Then the war. The absolute defeat. Total defeat of Ai. 
Complete defeat. Complete defeat of the curse. And when evening came, they hung him on a tree. Now we have Galatians 3.13. Redeemed from that curse. We need to see that. And so we went back and forth with that, back and forth with that, and the fever and the consumption and, you know, and all that. And then over here, we're redeemed from the curse, and we made the children say it, just like they were doing back there then. They said, okay, this is under the curse. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you going to have the flu? Uh-uh. Why? I'm redeemed from the curse of the flu. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And as long as they live under our roof, they never did have it. And like you've heard Gloria say on the evening school, she never did have to take the children to the doctor. Now, if there was some kind of shock required or something like that, but never did have to take them. Well, you had to take John to get sewed up. <laughs> <laughs> Never did break any poles. He had a tendency to turn stuff over. We were at our prayer cabin up there one time, and he and his his buddy there, and uh, they had a dune buggy, and they were out duning, and they flipped that dune buggy. John came home. I mean, he was shaking all. And, and came in there and just came came in where we'd already gone to bed by the time he got back home. He came, he came in and he said, he's just shaking. And I said, what happened to you, son? He said, that dune buggy rolled, Daddy. But he said, suddenly, I was sitting up on the side of a little hill there. I watched it roll. I wasn't there. And this was another time before Southwest. And uh, they didn't know everybody. <laughs> well, he just called his mother. He said, I may be a little bit late. A guy just bit my ear off. No, he said, he just bit my ear. What, boy? <laughs> 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 and he did. He took a piece out of the little of 